0: Oh my God, they're large. (laughs) 4.2 trillion, trillion with a T. Okay. And BlackRock is double that size. Oh my God. It's like between them. A lot of money. They got all the assets. All the the money. But what does this do for our bags? That's the big question here. Bankless Nation, it is the last Friday of June, 2023. And it's time for something special. Something we release. Every single Friday, David. What time is it?
1: Oh, it's time for the Friday Bankless Weekly Rollout Ryan, where we cover the entire weekly news in crypto, which is always an ambitious endeavor. Yet we persevere, nonetheless. Fully caffeinated.
0: Uh, I had a coffee. I also <laughs> had tea this morning, actually, as well. I had both. Well, good for you. And yeah. I got to enjoy some of your coffee in your apartment, <laughs> where you live. In person, for all the haters, for all the doubters out there, David, can you confirm for the people that Ryan Sean Adams is a physical, real human being? <laughs> I, he, you
1: do have matter. There are there are atoms. I'm still there's still like room for you being an AI. But yes, uh, Ryan and I were actually hanging out in person. Doing some co-working uh in the bankless offices uh this last week which was uh, pretty yeah. interesting was the bankless nation is going to see some uh some side by side same camera same microphone podcast coming out on the
0: youtube oh, man the very, very very rare stuff we should yeah. uh put them as nfts they should be collectibles uh but that's not all we got mm-hmm. some big topics of the week number one bitcoin hits a new all-time high wait what did you write that yeah uh-huh. it didn't hit all-time high what do we mean Tec- oh, technically we'll technically it did it technically okay did. Okay, you'll have to explain that one huh. to me. What else we got? Uh, staking
1: also hits a new all-time high and formally passes supply on exchanges. We're going to get into the details around that. The Bitcoin ETF race turns up like two notches. It's getting mm. real, really hot. Uh, ZK Sync drops the ZK stack and there's a new airdrop targeting e-stakers. So oh. check out your eligibility. That's me, David. That's I'm you. need staking. Yeah,
0: you get your tokens? I hope so. I-, I can't wait for you to tell me what they are, <laughs> how to do that. <laughs> Um, we also have something really cool that we want to share. This is more, more than friends and sponsors. All right. This is a group. This is a conference that David and I support. This is a a bankless plus Blockworks conference. It's called permissionless. This is the only conference I go to every single year. That that'll be, this'll be the next time you and I meet. I think David, um, tell us what is going on at permissionless? What are the dates? Who's speaking? Why should Bankless listeners be excited about this? I've been heads
1: down working with the uh, BlockWorks team to, to finalize this agenda. And man, it's it's really coming together. Wow. Uh, okay, so permissionless, September 13th, 11th through 13th in Austin, Texas. While everyone is paper handing the absolute F out of the United States, permissionless is going to Texas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we got Eric Voorhees. <laughs> we got representative Is Tom. this even legal? Yeah. Are we allowed to host we are, a crypto we are, conference are, we in are America? Allowed, Crypto people are allowed to assemble. And so we are fulfilling huh. our patriotic duty by assembling in Texas. We have Tom Emmer and Hester Peirce on a panel together. So that's gonna be pretty really? sick. Hazu is coming in, Kevin Owaki, Meltem Demirs, Jim Bianco. It's going to be one half of a reunion of every single Bankless podcast episode and one half of a reunion of every single Blockworks podcast episode. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty stoked for this. We have, we're putting Solana cosmos and ethereum people all on a panel together to talk about you know differences coming together, coming and-, together. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and also fighting uh mihalo right. from polygon ben jones from optimism uh van spencer from framework uh, torgle from scroll so all the layer twos everyone who is fighting as a family uh, will all be there at permissionless look at this lineup dude anatoly uh, raj uh, santiago jesse Pollocks, donnie uh, michael anderson Tarun, lee Jin. Jim Bianco I already said his name but he's worth saying it twice man there's there's it's it's quite the
0: lineup it's quite the lineup uh very exciting so what should folks do if they want to get a ticket David
1: oh if you are a bankless citizen you should definitely yeah. use your code. To get 30% off, you can find that code in the Discord or in the Bankless Perks page. There's also a hackathon this year. So first time we're doing this hackathon this year for, uh, and there's also a dev track as well, because we're really expanding the F out of permission list this year. So link in the show notes to get your ticket. Uh, if you subscribe to Bankless, you get 30% off, which is more than pays for your ticket. So that's the, what the rational economic agent would do there.
0: Hmm. Do we have any of those?
1: I don't know if I don't know we'll if find out any of
0: those. We'll find <laughs> out. No, I have faith in the Bankless Nation. Uh, David, let's get to markets, though. What's Bitcoin doing? You told me this was all time high. I feel tricked.
1: Yeah, it's not in dollars, but it is an all time high. <laughs> it is at okay. an all time high. OK, well, what price are we at this week? Bitcoin started the week at $30,000, ending the week at $30,500. You know, nice, nice and healthy. Three, three zero. You really got to appreciate that.
0: 3-0. Above American. 30K. I, I'm feeling great. Yeah. Above 30K, is, I'm just feeling just fine. I'm happy right. with that. Uh, of course, we are watching this on the Kraken charts play out. Mm-hmm. Kraken Pro, easy enough for me to use it. How about Ether this week? We up? We down? Uh, down a little bit. Ether started the week at 1885, ending the week at 1850, down a
1: percent and a half. So Bitcoin up a percent, Ether down a percent and a half.
0: Hanging out in the 1800s, huh? Yeah. yeah. The Victorian age. Yeah. Uh, Civil War era, 1850s, 1860s, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: I, I, I don't every, know time, time every time Ether goes through the 1900s, I'm like, oh, my birthday. <laughs> 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 birthday
0: year. Um, all right. Let's do Bitcoin-Eth on uh, the ratio. We don't have to do that one. We can skip No? It. no we can't it's, skip it's it. Down. It's down. Weeks where you six. want to skip it are the weeks that are, they're more Oh, that is a line down. that goes down into the right. Yeah, it's definitely... Wait, I'm scrolling out. It's still down. Yeah, it still goes down when does it e- all has all, it gone yeah. ever gone up yes it has gone up <laughs> <laughs> how about on the year let's scroll at least to there okay i'm gonna on get uh... it
1: been it's just been flat ever since even like the start of the last bull market so okay. it, it's between
0: 0.06 and like 0.08 all right. but yeah well, so
1: definitely on the lower side of the ratio
0: bitcoin gaming some gaining some steam this week maybe right. that's why you, you you told me it was uh, at an all-time high and we'll find out more about that i think uh but before we get there total crypto market cap That looking at on the week uh we are coming in at 1.2 trillion dollars so healthy Healthy. okay the numbers in my head are bitcoin over 30k Mm -hmm. feeling good Mm -hmm. eth price over 2k i'm feeling good it's Mm -hmm. not there yet but i'd feel good if that was the case crypto market cap over 1 trillion i'm still feeling good so overall i mean this bear market has been hard i guess but i don't know at one trillion dollar market cap how how hard has it actually been yeah that's that's the topic
1: of discussion i, I think uh and, huh. and we'll get into this and in further in, into the market section first off bitcoin new all-time high seven million 7.6 million dollar argentine pesos so new bitcoin all-time high for the country of argentina for the fiat currency of argentina reminder all fiat currencies go to zero some just go faster than others
0: uh, so yeah, that's... do you feel rugged, bankless listener? David told us all-time high. Now he's <laughs> saying it's in Argentinian pesos. Hey, it depends on high. your frame of reference, my man. <laughs> like, not only <laughs> is that true. a little
1: bit of an all-time high, that has screamed past the all-time high. You know, talking... This is just a good reminder of yeah. inflation and in fiat currencies are bad. There and the U.S. dollar, the strength of the U.S. dollar is a privilege, and all other fiat currencies are weaker than the dollar, and we shit on the dollar all the time.
0: Yeah, it is. And and the only reason the dollar looks somewhat good at like, you know, five to 10% inflation rate is because everything is like a lot of other assets are so much worse. A lot of other fiat currencies are so much worse. That's why the dollar uh, looks good uh, sometimes. Uh, this is interesting though. Argentine Congress approves IMF debt deal that would discourage crypto usage. So this is what I worry about. When fiat based countries, which is which is all of them start to feel under threat from crypto, what do they do when they start to bleed relative to other fiat?s of course, but relative to crypto assets? What do they do? We haven't yet seen this kind of reaction in the US because I don't think we've bled hard enough. But um, this is interesting, discouraging crypto use in Argent, uh, argentina that seems like a big step what do you think about this
1: the, the quote from the article that stands out to me to further safeguard financial stability we are taking important steps to discourage the use of cryptocurrencies with a view to prevent money laundering informality and disintermediation hmm. they're trying help. to they're trying to prevent disintermediation to you I, w- I would like to encourage
0: disintermediation. That's what I'm here. They're trying to prevent informality. What does that even mean? I don't know. To me, you sound like a money launderer right now. Talking, you're talking like a money launderer. You're I'm also like a terrorist. A... <laughs> Someone's going to clip that out of context. That's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, preventing money laundering. That That's the reason they'll give. It has nothing, of course, to do with the inflation of the peso in our country. Yeah. I I just, I look at this and I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, coming to a fiat economy near you. <laughs> Watch out for this kind uh, of thing, right? It's going to us, yeah. Okay, um, this is interesting from Charlie. Bitcoin returns since 2010. This is on the yearly. Year start, year end. What are we looking at in this table? It's just a nice reminder of what Bitcoin does every single year, which is
1: always, the answer to that is always large either red or green, uh, 2010, 9,900%. 2011, 1,400%. Uh, 2012, 186%. 2013, 5,500%. And then 2014, negative 58%. And like with negative 58%, that cuts all previous numbers you know, by half, right? And then 35%, 125%, 1300%. And then 2018, negative 73%. Uh, so 2022, we had negative 65%. 2023, year to date, Eighty-five percent in the green for Bitcoin, and so it's just like also the regularity of the of the red years. Look at it, David. It, this is a pat. <laughs> are you seeing the pattern here? Three bankless list. Three greens and a red. Three greens and a red. Twenty ten and a red. Twenty ten doesn't count. Nor twenty ten. Three greens and a red. Uh, so we had red in twenty twenty two, year to date twenty twenty three, strongly in the green. I think we get two more greens and then we get a red. And so what is? Are it you be? serious? Twenty four <laughs> is green. Okay. Perhaps, perhaps very green. 25 is, yes. is very green. 2026 is in the red. So, is this TA, sir? Are we traders now? I, I look forward to, once again, not selling in 2025
0: and then having this clipped out. And I said, like, oh, I was going <laughs> to say I should sell in 2025. <laughs> I totally think this is the base case for how it plays out again. Yeah. You know, and what this says is since Bitcoin has been in existence, it's only been unprofitable. You bought it at the beginning of the year. Three years. Out of like the 12, 13 plus years, it's been in existence. Just right. three years. It's been a bad, bad deal.
1: Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, the negative 60%, the 1300% trump those. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah, over time. <laughs> that's appreciated. I made this uh, in Photoshop just before we started recording. Uh, oh, the red okay. part of this graph, which this, this mm. is the Bitcoin uh, chart, that is the only part of the chart
0: that is in the red. That is only the part of, that's, that's a lot of green. Like so, you're saying if you bought from t- about 2021 to halfway to through 2022, 2022, yeah. you're in the red. But yeah. if you bought any time before that, mm-hmm. you are still in the money right, on your Bitcoin right. yeah. purchase.
1: And also, any time between now and halfway through 2022. So this is what I'm calling Schrodinger's market. So like, where are we in the bull market bear market cycle? Are we just closing the 2022 gap? 2022 was just too bad, too much blood that we just mean reverted. Or are we at the beginning stages of a bull market? So if you go back to like, we can't do this because I didn't include it in the the screenshot. But like, if you go back and look at the 2017 bull market, it started in 2015. It started... Like the, that was when the up only markets began, but in 2015, you felt like you were in a bear market because it starts the year after the red year, right? Yes. And so right now we're in Schrodinger's market. Are we just recovering from the bear or are we at the start of the bull? It's kind of the same thing, but you don't really know where you are. And it feels the same.
0: It does feel the same, but I feel like I know where I am. You know what I mean? Like, just like, it's just, it's probably just going to play out the same way. It always does. Three three greens and a red. (laughs) (laughs) This is pretty cool. Staked ETH now exceeds ETH on centralized exchanges. We're going bankless, fam. Mm -hmm. What's this chart? Uh, This chart, we showed this last week and maybe
1: even the week before, but these lines have touched. What are the lines? One line, the top line, which is now the bottom line, is Ether on centralized exchanges. Loser line. Uh, The winner line is the bottom line, which is now the top line, uh, is Ether being staked. Uh, So more staked
0: than on exchanges. Is this the flippening, sir? This is a flippening. Okay, not the flipping. You, so you, the flipping before the that? flipping. Okay. Of course, I'm still flipping.
1: Twenty million ether is currently staked with a 2.9 million ether of queued ether to stake. Wow, uh, that's wow. a lot of ETH. Fifteen percent of all
0: staked ether is in the queue. That's insane. It just keeps growing. They just keep staking. When are they going to stop staking, <laughs> David? <laughs> when are they going to stop staking? <laughs> What is this from Poopman? Uh this is a it looks like a fantastic very credible account here Poopman uh what what's he got for us
1: uh here just to- talking about the growth of eth staking it has slowed down in the last 30 days but that's after the acceleration of post merge uh yes. he says i'm very optimistic about the lsd market he has checked dune analytics and found some interesting stats the fastest growing swell network with 58 percent growth and followed by figment with 57 percent growth and then the largest outflows of ether is huobi and bitstamp two centralized exchanges he follows and says swell means the to be the staking superstar out of the bear market because it's successful pearl incentive campaign is like the airdrop teasing campaign uh meanwhile centralized exchanges such as coinbase and huobi are getting a downturn likely due to regulatory issues uh so this is just uh, talking about some some data out of the staking as a service industry uh swell has a lot of growth but although it is still very small so like it it, it's got like twenty eight thousand thousand. it's still a sliver of overall east stake like it's one of
0: these tiny slivers yeah, over yeah, here isn't it yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah i don't even know where it is but um it's certainly not the 30 31 percent of lido yeah um or the uh the still the 9.5 percent. but it is good it is great to see that um competition entering the market mm-hmm. david what do we have coming up next coming up next
1: zk sync releases the zk stack and why it's got me all hot and bothered boy do i love biomimicry systems the etf war heats the absolute f up fidelity ark invest vanek all enter the race but ark jumps to first in line with this one simple trick how did they what? do it how did they Kathy. do it yeah Kathy would. Yeah, so all of that and more coming up as soon as we talk to some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible, especially Kraken, the place that we see all these beautiful charts every time we go through the numbers on the YouTube. If you do not have a Kraken account, consider clicking the link in the show notes while you listen to us talk about it right now. Kraken Pro has easily become the best crypto trading platform in the industry. The place I use to check the charts and the crypto prices even when I'm not looking to place a trade. On Kraken Pro, you'll have access to advanced charting tools, real-time market data, and lightning-fast trade execution all inside their spiffy new modular internet. Face. Kraken's new customizable modular layout lets you tailor your trading experience to suit your needs. Pick and choose your favorite modules and place them anywhere you want in your screen. With Kraken Pro, you have that power. Whether you are a seasoned pro or just starting out, join thousands of traders who trust Kraken Pro for their crypto trading needs. Visit pro.kraken.com to get started today. Mantle, formerly known as BitDAO, is the first DAO-led Web3 ecosystem, all built on top of Mantle's first core product, the Mantle Network, a brand new high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 built using the OP stack, but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive Ethereum Layer 1. Not only does this reduce Mantle Network's gas fees by 80%, but it also reduces gas fee volatility, providing a more stable foundation for Mantle's applications. The Mantle Treasury is one of the biggest DAO-owned treasuries, which is seeding an ecosystem of projects from all around the Web3 space for Mantle. Mantle already has subcommunities from around Web3 onboarded, like Game7 for Web3 Gaming, and Bybit for TVL and Liquidity and on OnRamps. So if you want to build on the Mantle network, Mantle is offering a grants program that provides milestone-based funding to promising projects that help expand, secure, and decentralize Mantle. If you want to get started working with the first DAO-led Layer 2 ecosystem, check out Mantle at mantle.xyz and follow them on Twitter at 0xMantle. A big release from ZK Sync this week. David, what are we looking at? ZK Sync releases the ZK Stack, a modular framework for building sovereign ZK-powered hyperchains based on ZK Sync's open source code. So ZK Stack sounds a little bit like OP Stack. If you're using the OP Stack as a frame of reference, you're off to a great start. What's so a stack? Why do they call the stack? them stacks? Yeah, it's like a tech stack. It's like a technology stack. Yeah. Uh, and so the ZK Stack, is what, what does ZK Sync do? ZK Sync does zero knowledge cryptography, but as a layer two, with the one thing that they really do is their zk circuit. What is zk sync? They make the zk circuit. Everything else about zk sync is kind of a commodity. They settle to Ethereum. They use Ethereum data. Uh, they use other parts, other components that could produce a layer two. The rest of what the that makes up the zk sync layer two zk sync era is more or less a commodity they make the zk circuit so what is the zk stack it is zk sync's zk circuit as a framework where you can take in the rest of the components of what makes a layer two and build your own layer two build Um, your own chain fam build it build a zk workshop is what it is and so The ZK stack allows teams to build their custom HyperChain, which is ZK Sync's uh, fractal scaling branding, uh, a fully trustless, cheap, asynchronous connectivity to the rest of the HyperChain ecosystem. Now, this is the secret sauce that the ZK element has that the optimistic roll-ups worlds do not have. ZK uh, circuits, uh, chains that all use the ZK circuits, have a crazy amount of composability right out of the gate because that is the magic of ZK. Uh, And so, zk chains like zk chain A that uses the same circuit as zk chain B have a ton of
0: composability tailwinds and benefits. Will it be like you have? Will it be like you have the asset on the same chain? Will it be that easy to move from uh, you know chain to chain? And also, if I can fit two questions in one here. Oh boy! uh, Is this a layer three? Is what we're basically talking about here. both answers are kind of maybe yes uh so to to
1: take the simple one first is this a layer three it can be a layer three it is a open framework for deploying chains you want to deploy layer two you want to deploy a layer three you want to deploy a layer n you want to deploy a chain between chains and fractal hyperscaling think of it like just a root system of chains like it starts to layer three is a very like number three like it's not so canonical it's, it's just more like, like a tree branch right? tree branch exactly like, yeah, root we're system we're yeah of branches mm-hmm.
0: of trees yeah uh what was it what was the first question that you had i don't like really can do one uh, question at a time yeah well uh the first question was you know david i can't remember <laughs> 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 it's been one of those weeks my friend yes it definitely has okay so uh moving on maybe i'll
1: think of it uh zk zk stack the lightweight sequencer with low latency of sequ- sequencing that's the zk element apps that can interact without the trust assumption of bridge Bridges
0: also the oh, ZK oh, I know, yeah, yeah. I was asking you if the experience will be like uh, um, I have my assets on the right, same right, chain. What yes. the experience is like from going from like one mm-hmm. zk-enabled chain on the zk stack to another.
1: Right. The answer is kind of like kind of it depends. The easy answer is yes. The uh, harder answer is like yes, and there takes a, a bunch of additional like supporting infrastructure and development and abstraction to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the answer is that like, we are moving there and this is a very big step towards moving there. There's other things like we need EtherScan scan to allow for when you like, rather than you don't, you have RB scan and OptiScan, scan and there's for every single like ecosystem, there's its own version of EtherScan. We need optimizations and scaffolding like EtherScan to be able to work with networks of chains and they okay. can do that, but they need to do that. Well, right? I don't need a bridge. You do not need a bridge. In the ZK world, you do not need a bridge. That's Same big. thing with the Optimism superchain, but that even has a even further challenges because they don't have the zk element. But there is a part in this rollup that talks about the zk world of the optimistic chains. Anyways, Got it. Um, and uh, okay, a closed private chain with connectivity to the ecosystem. That just means hey, deploy a zk chain. You're connected to the zk sync chains, but it's still your chain with a native way a, nat- a, a way to issue a native token as that token space. So that is all of what I am excited about. This is my tweet. The ZK stack shall inherit the internet. What do I mean by this? Okay, so this is why both OP stacks and ZK stacks just like get me going. It's because these systems, they're meant to be forked. They're like both Optimism and ZK sync are saying fork the absolute F out of us. Deploy your chains, deploy more chains, more chains everywhere. Just use the same standard because if you use the same standard, then the network effects around these standards grow. Optimism wants you to use the their optimistic tech stack standard called the OP stack. ZK Sync wants you to use their ZK tech stack standard called the ZK stack, and that's what you get. You got the ZK and the OP, the optimism. Uh, And so the idea is that they are just optimizing for what they are doing best, and then they're letting letting the rest of the internet express their modules, their desires for how they want their chain to be expressed. Uh, And so this allows these ZK chains or OP stack chains to Find corners of the internet because they're so customizable that chain deployers can make them fit into whatever corner of the internet that they want to go. So, the whole outline of like the ZK stack shall inherit the internet is, a, is saying that like we're going to, this is the scaffolding that's needed in order to propagate chains so that we can take the internet and put it on Ethereum.
0: <laughs> There's an entire episode on this. Yes. Is there not?
1: Yes. Oh, I did a show, an episode on this with uh, Alex Gluckowski and Anthony Rose from ZK Sync. Uh, talking all about this Uh, and so we talk a lot about the nature of zk as a technology just like the principles and the values that zk tech as a technology embody and then we go into the zk stack which is how those values get scaled out to the scale of the internet
0: one thing i would add to all of this is, I know we're talking about some releases from uh, ZK Sync and also Optimism next this week. Um, Polygon, Arbitrum, they have their own versions of this as well. I mean, all of these large layer two ecosystems are moving to a world where it's very easy to spin up your own chain. They all have slightly different approaches towards getting there. Uh, And it's very, very exciting to see. So why don't you tell us about Optimism? What are they doing this week?
1: The cool thing about what, what this is, Ryan, this week is that this actually is an Optimism. This is O of one labs who i don't actually know the name of that but i think they're associated with the mina protocol hence this uh uh, announcement they say "O of one labs is excited to submit a proposal to optimism for the application of our zero knowledge proof stack to op stack fraud proofs this application is built on the groundbreaking mips zkvm we're building as part of the mina protocol roadmap why is this cool? We've created kimchi, our plonkish proving system, this is cryptography words, to help bring ZKPs to the <laughs> I, web three and, t- and web two worlds. Uh, and so basically the OP stack is like a bunch of uh, modules. Every chain is a module for the, o- for the Optimism super chain. And OP Labs is submitting their version of fault proofs into the world of optimism. And so th- it, this is like a path forward for the OP stack to gain a ZK module inside of the op super chain world
0: that makes sense it does i think so does this mean an op chain could potentially be a zk evm mm-hmm. op chain
1: so yes an, an op chain can s- accept a zk module and then part of the this is the cool thing part of the super chain all of the hyper chains that makes up the optimism super chain most are going to be uh, uh, optimistic roll-ups some can be zk rollups, and it can all be part of the optimistic su- super chain technically this is a very hard thing to parse apart and the optimism team knows this and they all understand are taking on the challenges of like how do we make a composable super chain like head-on ben jones from optimism has this thing that he's working on to help like define how does the super chain grow um but man does it feel like the layer two summer the layer two ecosystem is just on fire right now
0: yeah it's it's uh really cool it looks like optimism as well has has renamed optimism to op mainnet which mm-hmm. is sort of interesting this uh this mainnet area for all of these op chains uh it's pretty cool mm-hmm. um i guess one takeaway from all of this is um i feel like this time the next bull market we will have all of the block space we need oh yeah Right? We like have we've so got much it. block space, and if we now, need more, it's easy to get more now. It's so easy to get more. Yeah. Now, making that composable, making that private, making the UX good, still some issues, of course, but we got the block space, yeah. right? So low gas fee environments is going to be the case. Now, I feel like we need the apps. Yes. This oh reminds my. me a little No bit.
1: one's building apps. Everyone is building chains. No right? one is it's building like, apps. It's like
0: feast or famine here. Last yeah. time during the, the bull run, we had all the apps. We didn't, we didn't have enough have block any of space. Chains. Now we have all the block space, and we don't have enough apps. But you know, someone a- will. Someone please build an app. <laughs> <laughs> Consume some bol- block space. I mean, but okay. Zoom out. This is kind of what happened with the internet, right? Yeah, Yeah. Um, basically, you had kind of the early internet, and we're like, we need more bandwidth, 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 Mm
1: -hmm.
0: billions and hundreds of billions of dollars went into bandwidth investment, internet infrastructure investment, then what happened? Dot com bust, all the money kind of evaporated. And we're like, now we have all of this bandwidth, but we don't have the apps for the internet. Right? Guess what happened? The apps came because there was high bandwidth environment. We got things like YouTube, for instance, video streaming, like Netflix online. We got all of the high bandwidth apps after that. So I think the builders will catch up. They're taking notice. Uh, The apps will come, David, never fear. It is worth just taking a step
1: back and just reflecting, man, like, we do not know what's coming next, but hey, at least we have the bandwidth to support some really, <laughs> really crazy ideas next bull market. Uh, okay. Uh, disclosure, uh, disclosures, both Ryan and I are advisors to both Optimism and ZK Sync. I'm a big fan of tech stacks. I'm a big fan of biomimicry. There's a, there's a video uh, if you want to learn more about just the nature of uh, tech stacks, the OP stack video on YouTube uh, from Bankless. Uh, just type in OP stack. Bankless. Uh, it's, it's the only video on YouTube that talks about the OP stack. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, so you, got, you got that market corner, yeah. David? Yeah, the 4,000 4, people have watched it. Hey, but you can find <laughs> on the opportunity. Uh, yeah, so advisors to both Optimism and ZK Sync. We also talked about Swell earlier. We also are angel investors into Swell as well. Okay, We like uh, the staking. We like the layer twos. We, we like you
0: know? staking. We like layer twos. We like Ethereum. Alright, David. I, I'm, I'm feeling bold. It's the bear mm-hmm. market. What mm-hmm. do I got to lose, huh? I'm down bad already. Make <laughs> a prediction. I think this is the year of the Bitcoin ETF. Spot Bitcoin ETF. Approval. 2023.
1: Approval. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: I have, I have, this is just me going out on a limb here. Okay. Okay. I have no knowledge of this, but just putting some things together. I feel like politically, Gensler has to approve a Bitcoin ETF. This is his kind of backpedaling moment to prove he is a generous God and he's not the unreasonable tyrant that the finance and crypto industry paints him as. So he'll give us this, this gift, the gift of Gensler and he'll approve an ETF. Also, some of his buddies have been submitting lately. I know you guys mentioned uh, BlackRock, <laughs> right? And now now here we have Fidelity preparing <laughs> mm-hmm. to submit a Bitcoin ETF. Fidelity knows what's up and they are doing the BlackRock play as well. What's the What's the news here? Fidelity
1: is getting ready to submit their own spot Bitcoin ETF. So Fidelity, like, I don't know how big it is, but it's large, uh, joining the queue to get a it's Bitcoin big. ETF. Yes, it's real big. Uh, this is also not Fidelity's first attempt. They, in 2021, they filed. It was denied by the SEC. Uh, and so, like, right after BlackRock, uh, Fidelity joins the queue. And then, interestingly, ARK, which ARK Invest, Kathy Wood, they also have submitted a uh, Bitcoin ETF request. They haven't gotten theirs denied. Theirs is just sitting in purgatory limbo. But they, what, here's what's interesting, and here's how they are getting to the front of the queue and why like, ARK might win this thing. Uh, at least like when this thing is... Like, they might get approved first because they're, they had their Spot Bitcoin ETF files paperwork filed first, and they've amended their file work, their 19B slash yeah. 4, whatever that is, for a Spot Bitcoin ETF to include a surveillance sharing agreement with the SEC, which is I the mean- words that came from the BlackRock uh, yes. bitcoin etf and someone so, gave them a heads up that they need
0: this verbiage i think
1: well well may- maybe someone gave them a heads up maybe they're just saying hey blackrock is going to get approved and so let's make sure that if they get approved, we also get approved and copy and paste their filing and make it look like our filing. What is a surveillance sharing agreement? It involves the sharing of information about market trading activity, clearing activity, and customer identification to protect against the possibility of market manipulation. If this is the thing that forces Gary Gensler's hand to approve the BlackRock ETF, or yeah, ETF, then therefore ARC will get theirs approved. But ARC is still filed, and so ARC will get approved first. And so that's, that's the gambit that Ark is making. Not just Ark, Van Eck has also filed, refiled for a spot Bitcoin ETF last week, which also includes the intent to add the surveillance sharing agreement. So we have three large trad players submitting all of the same spot Bitcoin ETF file paperwork. Yeah. And this assumption is like Gary Gensler is either corrupt or going to approve it. Well, look, uh, he's definitely corrupt. Van-
0: <laughs> Vanek is pretty large, right? Yeah, uh, eighty billion. You know, of course, Kathy Wood Ark Invest is pretty large. Okay, you you asked about Fidelity earlier. Mm-hmm. Guess what they are, David? Uh, large. Oh my God, they're large. <laughs> Four point two trillion, <laughs> trillion with a T. Okay, and BlackRock is double that size. Oh my God, it's like between them. That's a lot of they money. They got all the assets, they have all the, the money. US, they have all right. The money. Like this is a tremendous amount of tradify gary's buddies mm-hmm. pressure that is raining down on him and he, you know that gary's posture has been like oh yeah big, bitcoin it's it's the only commodity there right. he, he hasn't been willing to extend that to any other asset oh yeah i forgot that he doesn't hate bitcoin there you go that that's what i'm just putting together right. and that's why i'm uh yeah, yeah. making that uh prediction but yeah. what does this do for our bags that's the big question here <laughs> what does this do for the price does does an etf matter of course like I don't get super excited about it because it's not bankless. And yet mm-hmm. and yet, it is a way to onboard retail and increase the liquidity of Bitcoin, the asset. So there are some good things about this. What are we looking at from Meltem?
1: And this is Meltem Demir's, who I think is probably one of the most perfect people to really analyze some of this stuff. So uh, she, the, the conversation is Bitcoin ETFs all over the place. These are pipes. We need money to actually flow through these pipes. We can build the pipes, but we need money to flow through them in order to material, Im, materially impact the price of Bitcoin. So Meltem just you know, puts on her analyst hat and asks, where is that money going to come from? Uh, and so she goes, so financial institutions are building products and services to access Bitcoin, but where, where will the inflows come from? In my opinion, the biggest untapped market for Bitcoin is taxed advantage retirement accounts. The United States retirement market is $35 trillion and has doubled in the last decade. Uh, and so we have two circles here. Uh, we have the total US retire- retirement AUM, $35 trillion. And then we have the amount that's allocated to crypto, which is between $500 million and $1 billion. To say that these are two circles doesn't do us justice. <laughs> the other is a speck. A one, speck. one is a, 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 taking up half the page, and
0: the other yeah. one is a period that is in the middle of the page. It looks like the sun versus the earth. Yeah, the, if you've m- ever seen oh, this yeah, illustration. Right. Uh-huh. Real life size. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so a lot of room for growth here is mm-hmm. what that means. And uh, that could be a positive inflow into Bitcoin. Maybe that's why, David, Bitcoin price has uh, been pumpy a little bit this week. It's it's pumpy because the traders are buying
1: it because they think this is going to happen. But this is going to take a while. Yeah, At least that's sure. my cope. Uh, Melton, this is a thread. So we are just reading the first uh, tweet of this thread. If you want to read further analysis from Meltem, the, yeah, there's a link in the show notes to go access this tweet. But coming up next, we're going to talk about MicroStrategy, magically discovering hundreds of million dollars, and then they turn it into Bitcoin, of course. Uh, there's some Azuki drama, which I don't know if you care about, Ryan. I don't really care about oh, it I either. I care deeply. Okay, we're, deeply. well, we're talking about it. Binance claps back versus the SEC, and then airdrop season for Ethereum stakers. Man, these are some <laughs> fun words. All of this and more, but first a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible, especially Metamask's brand new spiffy portfolio feature. We all love Metamask, and now it can tell you everything about all of this. Things that you have in your MetaMask wallets. We're going to go hear from them right now. MetaMask has something new. Introducing MetaMask Portfolio. MetaMask Portfolio is the best way to view your crypto portfolio from a holistic level. See everything across all the chains all at once. In your portfolio, MetaMask will report the aggregate value of all the assets in your MetaMask wallets and even the other wallets you import too. But MetaMask Portfolio isn't just a passive portfolio viewer, it is a place to do all of the money verbs that make DeFi so powerful. You can buy, swap. Bridge and stake your crypto assets. So, not only is MetaMask the easiest place to see your wallets in aggregate, but it's also a powerful battle station for all of your DeFi moves. So, go check out your MetaMask portfolio because it's waiting for you to open it up. Check it out at portfolio.metamask.io. You know Uniswap? It's the world's largest decentralized exchange with over $1.4 trillion in trading volume. You know this because we talk about it endlessly on Bakelist. it's Uniswap. But Uniswap is becoming so much more. Uniswap Labs just released the Uniswap Mobile Wallet Simple custody from the most trusted team in DeFi. Download the Uniswap wallet today on iOS. There is a link in the show notes.
0: David, what's up? What's (laughs) Zuzalu? Zuzalu is a place, right? (laughs) Zuzalu, yeah. Uh-huh. After weeks, many, many, it took me a while to to get Zuzalu correct.
1: Well, is that, there's actually that's up for debate. There's no consensus on how you, <laughs> Zuzalu or it's Zuzalu like ETH versus ETH? Yes. Well, there's no debate on that one. It's okay. Any <laughs> more? There's ETH. a shelling point. though. Yes, What's the right. shelling
0: point around Zuzalu? Did uh, I say it right? Zuzalu,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. Or no, Zuzalu. Zuzalu. There's no. There's. It's one of these two shelling points. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do uh, you remember when the background of my podcast was not my home in Brooklyn and it was instead this kind of sterile looking apartment?
0: Boy, do I ever. Yeah. Internet connections. Yeah. Lots of fun.
1: <laughs> so I was in Montenegro for two months at this thing called Zuzalu. And if you scroll down, you'll start to get a little bit of a taste of this. It's a blog post on Bankless, yes. right? Yes. So, so this, this is a blog post on Bankless. If you want to know and learn about everything that I'm doing, I was doing at Zuzalu and what Zuzalu is, this blog post is for you. Uh, I like this line that I wrote, uh, Vitalik from Ethereum, Emad from Stable Diffusion and Grimes from Grimes all walk on a stage together. <laughs> from Grimes. So Grimes, the artist also yes. has been previously associated with Elon. Yes. yes, correct. And they all walk on a stage together. And no, this is not a punchline. This was Zuzalu. Uh, so this was the AI crypto week at Zuzalu of, their, of which there were eight weeks. There was longevity week. There was synthetic biology week. There was ZK cryptography week. There was public goods week, network states and coordinations. And so this was this a social experiment of Zuzalo, like a two month long pop-up temporary community where a bunch of frontier technologies came together. Uh and so, sounds like a cult, David. Yeah, they was called it a cult? they they called this a cult. They called us a cult. Like we didn't hate that that it was we thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> I recorded 18 interviews while I was there. So not only am I telling you about it in this article about what Zuzalo was, but I'm showing you with like Ten plus hours of content uh, and just my experience. Is this you on a stage? Man? Yes. I love this, this posture. Is, yeah, uh-huh. so energized. <laughs> huh, when you're talking in person. Well, so okay, this was me presenting Web3 to the Montenegrin government officials, and so I had a 10-minute talk. They say hey, like 10 minutes, uh, and I, I was elected to do the Web3 Why Web3 pitch. And right before my talk, I was like, Okay, you no longer have 10 minutes. You have three minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> Nice. And so I just started yelling, dude. <laughs> In squat stance. In squat stance. Yeah. Uh, And so there was some like murmuring about what the hell are all these like Ethereum people and other industry people all doing at Zuzalu or this place in Montenegro? Uh, There was like this social contract of like, hey, we're gonna all be heads down and focus on Zuzalu, and then we'll broadcast about it. Now we're broadcasting about it, and so all of my content, all the talks are now out. You can read about Zuzalu in this blog post. It's at bankless.com. And
0: uh, yes. Look, guys. Look. Mm. uh, Let me let me just um, tell you the gift that David has just given us. So if you can't go all the way to Montenegro or you weren't invited or whatever, it was too, it was too much. David is giving a sneak peek to, I think, some of the best people, best speakers, mm-hmm. the best ideas, the best projects that came there. And there's like a series of videos. So in this post alone, David said you recorded 18. 18. This post alone, there's eight of them. Okay, the first one's with Vitalik. No, there's Vitalik. all
1: 18. They're combined into the eight episodes. Oh, so eighteen. Okay. So there's eight themes, 18 episodes consolidated into eight episodes. Each one of these is like Amazing. almost two hours
0: long. This is a gift. Yeah. This is a gift. Uh, so go click the link in the show notes. If you want some extra bankless content, if right. you want some frontier tech content, this is the place to get it. Um, I can't wait to dive into these. Is there one... I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the Vitalik one, but what's yeah. your what's your favorite after that? Oh God, there's a handful.
1: So I have my favorites in each of them. Uh, Primavera de Felipe and her definition of coordinations I thought was really good. Uh, Drew Endy, the the father of modern biology and synthetic bio in synthetic biology, he's in that one. I was on, walking with Drew. Uh, he's like this older gentleman, Stanford professor. And he was like, I've never really done a podcast, but I've always w- wanted to. This one guy, Lex emailed me and I, about doing a podcast, but he wanted me to fly out to Austin. So I didn't re- respond. And I'm like, bro, you didn't <laughs> respond to Lex Friedman, man. That's hilarious. Anyways, I got him on uh, on an interview. Uh, and so, the, 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 so the, the idea here, and, and this is the Zuzalu pitch. What, how were these technologies selected? All of these technologies are going to fundamentally change the future. They're going to change society. Like longevity is going to happen. People are going to have the choice to live forever. Synthetic biology, we're going to be able to grow our materials organically. That's going to change the world. All of these are technological tidal waves that are going to impact your life, Bankless listener. So this, all of this Zuzalu content is for you to front run the opportunity for you to be ready for that tidal wave that is inevitably coming. I feel like we're in the middle of the AI tidal wave. In the future, synthetic
0: biology will hit us as a society. Like- I feel it. like one of, these, one of these big ones hits like every five years, Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. and so, so get ready. So it's this, this is just about
1: understanding the technological tectonic shifts that are all being built. Uh, and so with all of these contents, you will be prepared. You don't have to enjoy every single one. You can pick and choose your flavor. It's a choose your own adventure,
0: um, but they are at your disposal. David, is it airdrop season? It is we, airdrop we, season. We teased that a little bit. It's um, always airdrop Diva season. Diva DAO. We're yes. proud to present the Diva DAO, DLDR. Mm-hmm. The Diva DAO is being formed with an initial distribution to fifteen thousand unique Ethereum stakers and ecosystem participants. This is an ETH staking protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty high in the decentralization. Spectrum. What's going on here?
1: Yeah, very strong commitments to Ethereum uh, values, Ethereum, the Ethereum protocol. They want it to be built as a public good. They want it to be built as immutable as possible. Uh, one of the things that, that excites me about uh, Diva is their commitment towards the DVT ecosystem, decentralized validator technology, aka squad staking. Uh, and they've been working with uh, people like the Ethereum Staker Group and, and others as well. Uh, the airdrop has gone to, of course, Diva OG contributors, uh, Ethereum stakers from ETH Staker, Rocket Pool, SSV, Lido, and Dapnode, community members from Gnosis, Uniswap, ENS, Aave, Maker, Aragon, and other DAOs, and then the Ethereum Staking Dev and Ecosystem contributors. 15,000 uh, I- addresses are eligible. You can trek your address at Earnify earni.fi oh. can go and plug in your address because we've got this uh, Merkle tree built into Earnify. So it'll tell you. And if you're already a, sub- a member subscriber to Earnify, you already have your Ethereum address there, you probably already got an email address saying, hey, you have the new Diva airdrop. Uh, and so that is in your inbox. If you are a Earnify subscriber, if you are not, you should 100% sign up. There is a link in the show notes. Uh, there yeah. is. I listened to the uh, Diva Twitter space with SuperFizz this morning. Pretty impressed. I mean everyone seems to really like what they're
0: doing. Yeah, Superfizz is a notable ETH staker. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm offering my service as a a diva staking delegate. Mm -hmm. I am encouraged to see diva soliciting input from the community. I want to contribute my efforts to build another strong staking option. I mean the whole idea is trying to decentralize staking a little bit more. So I guess Mm -hmm. Superfizz is signing up to be a Diva. You um, so have to be cool. a diva. <laughs> we always knew he was a diva. Did you mean to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that, that's got to be the meme they're going with, right? What uh, a wasted opportunity if not. <laughs> call them the divas. You want to be a diva? <laughs> there you go. uh Disclosure too. David and I are angel investors yeah. in, in Diva. We think it's a pretty cool. I call.
1: guess we're divas as
0: well. Uh, NFT stuff, Azuki, David, I'm sure, I'm sure you were, were, oh, wait, you weren't biting your, you weren't on the edge of your seat following this Azuki drama? No, I, I I wasn't, but I want you to tell me all about it. So what cool things are happening in the NFT space What
1: cool things are happening? I hate that I had to spend 30 minutes of my morning getting caught up about what. But you did though, for us, you took that for us. Okay. So
0: I saw some drama from Azuki. There's some Mm -hmm. sort of drop that, um, or some sort of mint that got some bad press. What happened?
1: Okay so Azuki's you know what Azuki's like they're they're the yep. anime pfp but well, like pretty high uh, f- f- floor price it was like 13 14 15 eth before this drop like um, definitely a top 10 project do- right? definitely like top 5 projects. i think yeah five, like very okay. very strong very very strong yes. so they have been teasing this Azuki elementals uh, drop mint Uh, And so the Elementals was a brand new project. They have uh, sometimes NFT, PFP projects. They do further mints because (laughs) my cynical take is like, we need another idea. Let's do another mint. I don't know. (laughs) 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 So they do it. So they had their, uh, the Genesis collection, which are the Azukis and then beans, which are one of these like pets things for Azukis. They're doing Azuki Elementals. And so 20,000 NFTs. 10,000 of them were airdropped to Azuki holders during, oh. uh, so already, so 20,000 new NFTs, 10,000 Azuki, the, the Genesis ones, 10,000 of the new 20,000 elementals were airdropped to Azuki holders. The remaining 10,000 elementals were sold out at two ETH eacher to anyone that owned a Azuki or a Bean. So being on the whitelist means you had to already be in the Azuki community. So $38 million was raised by the Azukis wow. from their community, from their community. Wow, yes. so
0: that's a big number. It's a
1: very big number. It's a very okay. big number. Yes. So
0: they must be valuable.
1: Uh, so they were sold for 2 ETH uh, and then they were revealed. And so the 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 metadata oh, So you didn't know what they you were. You didn't before. know what they were. Yes. Okay. They were teased. They, they had, there was like promo graphics so people kind of knew what they were, well, you but see they did right? Yeah. It's yes, under wraps. It's,
0: yes. So mm-hmm. This kind of the graphic. Okay. And
1: so they were released. And so on the left we have these are azukis. These are the genesis okay. collections. These, these are, are the, the very genesis. very highly priced ones. And then there if you swap ones. to the right, these are the elementals.
0: <laughs> okay
1: left here's the azuki's here are the elementals Again, let's go back right. to the azuki's and back to the elementals
0: this is this is pam from the office they're the same picture they're the same picture I, <laughs> they're the same it looks very similar they are the almost what are identical the
1: differences? there's not much i mean there's like style there's, there's not even stylistic changes it's just like some marginally different properties <laughs> Okay. Go to go to the next one. Uh, here's here's the meme that sums this up a bunch. Here's one one of the CAPTCHAs. It's like, select all the images that are elemental, and it's just like, you just don't know. <laughs> you
0: don't know. Wait, is there some like? I guess there's a social contract that if you're releasing another twenty thousand, which mm-hmm. is what they're releasing, right? right. PFPs that there would be a, an entirely kind of different collection right. rather than a clone of all of the attributes and everything else that you've previously done. Yeah. Is that what so everyone it's, expects? It's not
1: a perfect clone. Like there are differences, but you can't without deeply knowing if you're unless you're an Azuki expert, they just look the fucking same. <laughs> okay and so well, as a result of this the azuki elementals minted at two are now trading below the two eth mint the actual azuki genesis went from 15 eth or 14th floor down to like 12 uh, and so like market cap was lost
0: the community was well, not, not happy they're not happy. Okay. This is uh, Jeff Morris. I don't know who Jeff is, but he says, if any e-commerce site sold 38 million of merchandise in a pre-sale, this would be headline news. Let's not forget that these digital products would... These are digital products with incredible margins for creators, but NFTs are dead is the popular narrative. I guess that's the bull case, that's right? The, that is the bull case. Are but we just like we is 30, is
1: 30 in NFTs, is, is this what we as an industry are going to beat our chests about? It's like we made thirty-eight million dollars of selling clones of.
0: I don't know. Stuff. Can't adults buy what they want, David? Yes, and spend they can. Their money well, well, they want.
1: yes, they can. But they didn't know what they were. They were like taking it on faith that the Azuki team were going to do something that wasn't dilutive of the genesis (laughs) i don't know anyways we are we are not experts if you want to listen to i'm sure carly Riley has a much more informed take so listen to overpriced jpegs
0: there you go uh but we are bitcoin experts you just say that (laughs) all right are we uh i know that this week microstrategy has acquired an additional 12,333 bitcoin For a grand total of three hundred and forty-seven million dollars at an average price of twenty-eight k per Bitcoin, is Sailor trying to own all the Bitcoin? Where does he get this money from? (laughs) Is MicroStrategy that profitable? I mean, it's just kind of like um, it's a it's a used to be a business intelligence technology like software as a service used to be one of the leaders, but is not quite like market leader these days. I don't know. It's oh, it's okay. now become a Bitcoin hedge fund, I guess, or just a Bitcoin hold fund. I should say.
1: Okay, uh, we don't have this in the agenda. So this is BitcoinTreasuries.net. I'm read, yes. just reading out some stats. Uh, Michael Saylor, MicroStrategy is in the green. They, what? They are up 1.03x. They are up three percent on their Bitcoin purchases. Their cost basis is
0: 4.5 billion. Their current value is 4.66 billion. Do you know what's funny is for everyone making fun of him, I've never been one of like I think it's fun I think it's funny that he's just using a publicly traded company to dollar cost average in and buy this thing. I just think that's funny that he buys so consistently. <laughs> but I've always thought that this would pay off for him. It's gonna Can work. I show you why, David? It's gonna work. I'm gonna show you why. Yeah. This is why. This is that's why. Going back to the markets. <laughs> Two greens and a red. <laughs> Three greens been and a red. Three greens and Looking at this table. And he's like, okay, if if I don't time things, I just dollar cost average in, where's it going to leave me? And uh, I think the answer is he's going to make money on. It. I, I know you just said he I, if I don't time things but man
1: did he time that poorly <laughs> <laughs> he he, start,
0: yeah, he, he started he sh- started
1: in the last green
0: before the red which is not where you want to start buying no yeah, but that's why you know uh you have to buy more that's the only solution <laughs> to getting out of if you have a high uh cost basis you just keep buying until you lower that um anyway that's, uh, that, that's that for Bitcoin. What do we got here, David? This is the MSTR price. Okay, so this is just to
1: round up this conversation. MicroStrategy stock price. Yes. Uh, so before all of the Bitcoin exposure, before Michael Taylor engaged in Bitcoin shenanigans with MicroStrategy, MicroStrategy, the asset, the equity, was trading at $130. Today, it is at, drum roll, $330. Oh, okay. So it's like almost 3x. And like not only that, but it hit over a thousand dollars during the bull market. So like even shareholders, shareholders who are like Microsailor, what the hell are you doing to this company? They can't be complaining. MicroStrategy, the equity has almost tripled. No wonder he's getting all this money to buy Bitcoin. It can't
0: be. It can't be the same shareholders. It's a totally different <laughs> investment profile. You're like I'm buying a business intelligence software company versus like yeah now yeah I'm buying Bitcoin basically <laughs> under a like a publicly traded symbol. Yeah. Anyway, uh, kind of fun. Um, David, we said earlier there's pressure for Gensler to approve an ETF. I think this is some of the reason why uh, Christian Carlo was the former chair of the CFTC. He says this, Greetings from Tokyo, where the headline in Japan Times says exactly what I'm hearing. Here's the headline. Crypto tumult in US may be boon for Japan. US's loss is Japan's gain. Japan is moving pretty aggressively in a positive way towards regulating crypto, David. Mm -hmm. We saw, um, I believe, uh, Brian Armstrong tweet this out. Um, so last time we talked to Brian Armstrong, actually, he was in Japan, right? So things are happening in Japan. It's not just Japan. Uh, HSBC Hong Kong now lets customers trade Bitcoin and Ether ETFs. What? <laughs> it's possible to Ether's get an, already ETF got approved? an ETF Nice. in Hong Kong? We can't have that product in the US. It's too dangerous for retail. Uh, the UK, this just came out before we hit record. Crypto stablecoin rules receive royal assent. Passing into law, okay, the the Financial Services Markets Act of the 2023. This is in the UK. Classifies crypto as a regulated financial activity, and uh, King Charles just gave his approval on that. I guess that's what happens oh, in the thank UK. God. You get the final final blessing from the king, <laughs> and so the king said yes. And uh, what's the U.S. doing in the backdrop of this? Right, these other countries, these other like other nations, other geogra- geographies are competing against the United States for crypto. And so they're rolling out sensible regulatory frameworks and they're trying to win that business over. What's your take here?
1: Uh, The U.S. is just fumbling.
0: What is the U.S. doing? We're fumbling.
1: I mean, hey, like U.S. has been in the lead for a long time. I guess it's... It's
0: innovator's dilemma. This is always what happens, isn't it?
1: Well, I think it's just, you know, it's really nice of us to really just see first place to...
0: (laughs) The rest of the world it's so stupid good, so generous I, of us to help i i think this is another example of like i i just feel like our the people who are governing the united states right now are just not making long-term decisions yeah i mean this is not this is not good for the u.s um but good for these other jurisdictions meanwhile finance is doing some things to push back against the SEC, what is this, David?
1: Binance claps back. So this is a meta lawman who goes and says, Binance has gone on the offensive against the SEC in the federal court case, accusing the SEC of violating court rules by making statements outside of the court that are false, designed to harm Binance US customers and to taint the jury pool. So, Taint uh, the jury pool? Yeah, 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 yeah. So after uh, entry of an order agreed to by the parties Binance argues that the SEC issued a misleading press release claiming that Binance had secured emergency relief that CZ had CZ had commingled and diverted customer assets and three that the order was essential to protecting investor assets Uh, and when questioned by the judge repeatedly, SEC attorneys were unable to point to any evidence that CZ had diverted or commingled customer assets. So the, the Binance is accusing the SEC of saying public statements that are untrue and are tainting the image and branding of Binance that would go against them in court, especially in front of a jury. Uh, and so far, apparently allegedly, according to Metalamion and others, that binance's side of this are, is looking pretty
0: good.: It's a pretty strong case. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, that it, that it, that contributes to some of the pressure I think Gensler is feeling right now, mm-hmm. and maybe part of the reason he's going improve yeah. that
1: ETF. Well, think about this, just like the branding of accusations of unethical conduct coming from these lawyers that will, like the idea is that that will reverberate in the halls of the SEC and the image of the SEC. It's like SEC gets in trouble in the United States court for unethical conduct. And then all the crypto people are like, hey, Gary Gensler is being unethical and bad and mean to us. All of a sudden, it totally legitimizes the entire crypto industry's
0: takes about Gary Gensler. Well, this is pretty big, like a regulator a regulator cannot use, lose its credible neutrality or, or else it, it loses its legitimacy, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I listened to that. I got caught up on the podcast that you recorded while I was out with, yeah, um, Austin. who was it, David? Austin. Austin. Yeah, so it's good. fantastic. And he basically said, hey, regulators are, are kind of serious people. They know they have a reputation, at least most of them, and they can't be seen to pick winners and losers. Mm-hmm. So if the SEC approves um, BlackRock's ETF submission because, you know, Gensler goes fishing with Larry Fink or something like that, right? And that comes out and they say no to Eck and they say no to the other for, for just reasons that don't make sense. That is incredibly serious, right. according to, to Austin in your episode with him. Mm-hmm. And is not a light matter. And this is kind of what Binance is, is alleging yeah. that, well, I guess, uh, Gary is picking losers and it's the entire crypto industry. Uh, and targeting uh, targeting Binance is the allegation here. So we'll see what the we'll see what the judge says. We'll see what the, the jury says in this case.
1: Up next, creditors are seeking BlockFi liquidation and accusing the CEO Zach Prince of fraud and extortion. Damn, those are some big words. Okay, so creditors of BlockFi have filed to liquidate the company's estate, accusing Zach Prince of fraud, dishonesty, incompetence, or gross mismanagement, and delaying bankruptcy proceedings. So the creditors said that it was t- it's time to end the extortion tactics, and adding that it is time for debtors, unsecured creditors, to finally know what Blockfly truly was, who Zach Prince truly is, how much he personally profited from the company, and what he and certain of his colleagues were doing when no one was watching. Oof. Uh, And then the context here is that with no revenue coming into the company and with the company having compounding losses, creditors argue that the case should proceed as a liquidation, criticizing BlockFi's administrative costs, including the salaries for over 100 individuals who, quote, have nothing to do, have nothing better to do but work on their golf game. Oof. Arguing that the debtors are intentionally burning an average of more than $16 million per month merely to... Are augment defensive positions for historical management, basically saying, okay, the, the creditors who are owed Block Block uh, BlockFi's money, saying, hey, BlockFi is burning all this capital to just argue for their retroactive decisions, and it's not doing anything for the benefit
0: of people who are owed money. So let's liquidate the damn thing. Is the TLDR that is dirty? That's right. Two, year, two years ago at this time, BlockFi was one of the one of crypto's you know darlings. Mm-hmm uh wow um i'm glad they're seeing their
1: day in court i this i'm gonna kick someone while while it's down so i'm sorry about that but this is laser-eyed bitcoiners version of DeFi that they just like beaded their drum like we don't need DeFi, we have BlockFi. and then like literally the worst example of what a centralized authority can do is what it
0: was yeah um would have been safer to keep it in smart contracts i would say um david we got some big things we're releasing on bankless this week what are we looking at here we now have
1: a team at Bankless whose job it is to go out and find as many cool perks for Bankless citizens as possible. So we have this leaderboard, this tally board of how much value can we can provide to Bankless citizens. We are now up to $1,297 of value for a Bankless citizen membership. So you get a 25% discount to Nascent for a month, one month of free usage of Quicknode, 12 months of free access to ZenGo MPC wallet, 15% discount for Crypto Tax Calculator, 30% off of Permissionless tickets, and more and more, and more, and there's only going to be more. This is our job. We're going to make that number, which is, again, currently, hold us to this, $1,297. The value- Number go up. Number go up. I want $10,000, baby, one day, <laughs> one day. Uh, so this is all the value that you get as a bankless citizen. Uh, and then our people in the Discord saying, hey, we want this, and then we go send our, our hunters out to go get some of that.
0: Uh, Look, almost $1,300, and it's 1750 a month, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's, that's what we call ROI right mm-hmm. there. Right. That's what the perks page is set up to do. David, there, there's more going on in the bankless community. Oh, yes. We got more perks. What is this? Bonjour. Uh, bonjour, bonjour,
1: bonjour. I do not know French. Bonjour. But I know bonjour. <laughs> so, Tuesday, July 18th, if you are a bankless citizen, we are having our ETH CC meetup. This is meetup number two. Number one was at ETH Denver. It was a raging success. We had free beers because it was Denver. We love beer in Denver. Uh, in France, we love cocktails, so it is a cozy little <laughs> cocktail bar. Uh, so citizens only for a nice event with all of the Bankless HQ member team members who are going to be there Tuesday, July 18th. Uh, so if you are a Bankless citizen, let us know and we will get you invited.
0: Okay, so funny story about this picture we're looking at. My wife actually texted me last night while I was on on the train from uh, mm-hmm. from New York, mm-hmm. uh, come back home. And she's like, what is this picture of you? You look You look like Hitler. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs>
1: this is not, is
0: not what hitler looks that like is, that's what i told her so, hitler doesn't have glasses no doesn't have and this the mustache is is not is, at all right uh, that's not a hitler stash at all yeah um deeply offended but yeah you know. it is this is a massive rug though because you will not be there <laughs> <laughs> all right david what's coming up next
1: Coming up next, we got some questions from The Nation, followed up by The Takes of the Week, followed up with David and Ryan, our Bullish on and of course, the Meme of the Week. This one, the Meme of the Week, has me and Ryan in it, so we're going to talk about all of this and more, but first, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. If you haven't experienced the superpowers that a smart contract wallet gives you, check out Ambire. Ambire works with all the EVM chains that are out there. The layer twos like Arbitrum, Optimism, and Polygon, but also the non-Ethereum chains like Avalanche and Phantom. Because of the power of smart contract wallets, Ambire lets you pay for gas and stable coins, meaning you'll never have to spend your precious ETH again. The web app has numerous fiat on-ramps to make it easy to dump your fiat for crypto. And if you like self-custody, but you still want training wheels, you can recover a lost Ambire wallet using an email password, but without giving the Ambire team any control over your funds. Check it out at ambire.com for the web app experience. But also, the Ambire mobile wallet is coming soon for both iOS and Android. And if you want to be a beta tester, you can sign up at ambire.com slash app. And since you stayed to the very end of this ad read, you should know that Ambire is airdropping its wallet token to early users for simply just using the wallet. So
0: if you want to get started with Ambire, all the links that you need are in the show notes. Question this week from Nick, aka Sheeproy Jenkins. What happens to ETH and ETH L2 price if we head towards a future where anyone can make a blockchain quickly and cheaply for themselves or their companies? Interesting question. Mm-hmm. So we have all of this excess block space. We are just talking about that earlier in the episode. What happens to ETH price? What happens to L2 price when we have all of this additional block space becomes incredibly cheap what do you think david do, do you think in the phrasing of this question that it's actually the
1: uh implication is that what how why are these things ether and ether layer 2 tokens why are these things valuable at all when anyone can make a blockchain quickly and cheaply is that the yes. tone of the question i As think in that's like part what 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 happens when these things are such a commodity that it's just free and cheap and easy to build a blockchain? That's kind of yeah. the, t- the nature of the question. Is that, is I think that,
0: I think that yes, and I think that the wider context of this type of a question is: Hey, we're going through a, a massive paradigm shift of the the transaction volume and the traffic is going to be on layer twos moving forward. And we're going to have a lot of layer twos, and it's going to be abundant. So what what happens to the price of ETH, or even the price of right. layer two tokens, when no one is actually transacting mm. on ether, like they're transacting other places. So I do think that's part of the context, yeah. Okay, so I understand the
1: intuition of just like, hey, we're gonna get 10,000 chains, gas is gonna be free. Uh, there's going to be so much block space that we're not going to be able to fill it all. What happens to Ether and, and layer two prices when fees like basically drop to zero? Layer one fees won't drop to zero. There will always be a basal level of demand to transact on the Ethereum layer one. In fact, I kind of think that like layer one fees are not going, not going down. Like the lowest that we see them is like 20 Guay on average, like 20 to 50 Guay, I think is like the lowest it's going to be. Like in, induced demand will manifest on the layer twos. But man, like at some point in time, like we can talk about the economics of chains all we want, and how about does that capture value? How much value does that capture? Uh, if it captures too much value, won't we just spin up new chains? At some point, it's just mimetic. If there's ten thousand OP stack chains or ten thousand zk stack chains, those tokens are going to be valuable, like just by nature of just the standard being adopted. Like the we can we always try and like here's a formula for understanding like ether. Like, sure, but it's just, it's just so mimetic and temporal and people don't understand these things, they just buy. Uh, and so the, my intuition is just like, more chains means number go up. More chains means more economic activity on ether. People are going to associate economic activity on ether with ether price, on Ethereum with ether price. And so I think when the idea of what, what happens when anyone can make a blockchain ch- quickly and cheaply for themselves and their companies, if, if it's easy, if it's a commodity to build and add your chain to the 10,000 chains that are going on Ethereum in the next five years, the shelling point becomes Ether or the layer two tech stack standard that that is built upon. And so just think about the shelling point and think about the adoption of the technology. If the shelling point grows and it's like this one particular standard is the new way we deploy chains, whatever token
0: that is associated with that is going to go up, not become, not become commoditized. That's my answer. Yeah, I think that's a good answer, David. I you know, I, I guess I would add a few things. The mental model of what you're investing in, I think, is you're investing in an emerging, growing economy. It's sort of what you're investing in. Um, I think that uh, Ether, in a world where there are many Layer 2 chains, um, Ether cements itself even further as a money, a, all a of store of value, a uh, unit of account, a medium of exchange for all of the layer twos so ether it appears to me is like is in pretty good shape one other thing i, I would add to this is um the question was what happens to ethan eth price when we head towards the future when anyone can make a blockchain quickly actually i would say we're already we've been in that future for a long time anybody can make a blockchain quickly it's just a side chain you know what i mean <laughs> like it's um it's very easy to spin up a cosmos chain right now like it couldn't be more simple Um, that doesn't mean the the sidechain is more valuable so we're entering a world where now anybody can make an a blockchain that is secured by ethereum that is going to be net additive and net good to the ethereum uh ecosystem and and to Ether the asset even more than obviously much more than sidechains uh ever were so you've got that working in your favor um i also think that we're probably going to uh, move to a world where a lot of these assets, ETH included, but particularly layer two assets, are valued based on um, the price people are willing to pay for transaction ordering, right? An MEV, and so that will probably be kind of the the non-monetary value basal unit of uh, of utility in addition in addition to the you know kind of the gas demand and the, uh, demand to get your transaction into the block. Remember MEV is going to be a huge driver of, of value here. So all in all feels pretty good. I guess the last thing I'd say is, um, I think you're right, David, when you say the more users you get, the more attention that comes to your ecosystem and on your asset. So if I'm using the Polygon ecosystem, uh, I'm going to be warming up to Matic. Right. And so the next time I see Matic, oh, it's Polychain. I, uh, Polygon, I use Polygon, right? I'm probably be more likely to buy uh, hit that buy button on Matic, and so that that also has uh, not necessarily a fundamental uh, mm-hmm. kind of a like doesn't affect the the asset price you know the asset fundamentals, but it does increase the asset value. More users is is good, and um, it's hard to deny that. So I guess the answer is uh, number goes up. Still. Number number goes up. <laughs> So there you go, Nick. Uh, D- David, we got some takes of the week. First one from
1: Tyler. What's this look like? Oh man, this one resonated with me. Tyler Reynolds says, truth does not mind being questioned. A lie does not like being challenged. Boy, wish I, do I wish I had read this tweet in my like 20s. Tw- Why? Truth does not mind being questioned. Remember when we had the Terra Luna? Is, is Terra Luna a ticking time bomb? Uh, mm. thumbnail and episode title and then every single terror Lunatic came in and was like, you guys are just a bunch of dumb means from Axie's in our in the YouTube comments. You like <laughs> I that do one? remember this, yeah. yes. I was <laughs> like, man, I, I wish I had this as like a mental model to like lean back on. It's like, hey, if I'm just like perhaps voicing a critique and I'm getting a torrent of toxicity my
0: way, it's because it's truth... a very bad sign. It's
1: a very bad sign. It's coming from a place of insecurity. Uh, and so I think this is something just, just like... Hey, if you are giving out legitimate takes and you're getting toxicity in return, maybe you should look at why those reasons are toxic
0: in the first place. Uh, David, I've got a take for you. Yeah, you do. Um, I think I'm ready to capitulate. Yeah, you All are. All right? So, uh um, yeah, ETH price So ETH price, about this time last year, uh-huh. was just like dipping into three-digit territory. I think it dipped like twice, right? One mm-hmm. for like a period of days or something, and then, then there was another br- brief leg down around this time. Mm-hmm ever since then i have been thinking we would get back to triple digit yeah and there's a period of time where it was like you know training uh 1100s 1200s and i was like okay well you know what it's gonna kick in the apathy market's gonna kick in right and people are gonna be like uh why do like i'm i'm getting restless i'm gonna sell my my ether and we'll see a dip down to tri- triple digit eth and then you know what we saw so we saw ftx mm-hmm. absolutely explode and ETH did not dip down to bring that event yeah. into triple-digit ETH territory. And I, I remember telling you, David, it's like you, you're like, uh, you know, like you buying big here. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for triple-digit ETH. All right, I'm ready to capitulate on that. Yeah. I don't think we'll see triple-digit ETH again. I Woo! don't think it'll happen. Okay? Bear markets over. All right maybe i'm just tempting the crypto gods because if it does hit triple digits, i'm backing that truck up but um fdx couldn't do it the bank crisis that we saw in the first quarter of this year couldn't do it well, not only Dense could it not fun. do it i mean it was bullish apathy market yeah. can't do it so at this point i feel ready to capitulate and uh you might have won that one, David. Is that, is that you? This yeah. is David Hoffman replying to my tweet. Man, that's a lot of words to, just to say David was right. <laughs> I'm so mean to you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. Now you're nice to me this week. Was, <laughs> my flight was canceled and I uh, had a place to co-work. Yeah, that's true. That was fun. Uh, what fun. do we got here? uh okay
1: uh so this oh that speaking of which speaking of which yeah okay so i took this we took this screenshot because we were about to record a podcast with raul paul and so i was like this is hilarious let me take a a screen capture of this and i'll post it and like even people in our company was like that's a doctored photograph ryan's (laughs) ryan's fake in that photo he's not actually in david's apartment (laughs) and then this is michael Wong's meme who's this is just like deep, nostalgic millennial meme of Jimmy Neutron and uh, Timmy Turner from uh, Niccolo Cartoon Network. Oh, I'm failing as a millennial. Anyways, it's the crossover episode where where Timmy Turner and and, uh, Jimmy Neutron are, are illustrated like each other. God, I'm butchering this. Anyways, I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was great to appear in the flesh. We got three episodes. <laughs> never recorded. never would I have thought thought possible. Yeah, in person. In
0: person. So we did you, that. You, uh, um, one
1: thing I learned is actually you don't drink as much coffee as I thought that you did.
0: Oh, did I disappoint you? Yeah. I do when I like, so I make like at least a pot at home. And yeah, I make a second pot yeah, in the afternoon. No. I'm, I'm guzzling all morning. Right. But um, I didn't want it like because I had coffee in the uh-huh. mornings. I was bringing to your place. Mm-hmm. I could get that. I didn't want like to make you do coffee all day. You make it by the cup, don't you? Yeah, I have a little espresso machine. I'm not going to Let not me tell be you like, people who David, have espresso machines fetch my coffee all day. <laughs>
1: people who have espresso machines love making espresso. I'll tell you this. <laughs> There's a little process, would you would like right? to
0: make me more coffee. Uh, yeah, I
1: like, yeah. It's like because like you want, like, oh, this one's kind of acidic. It's like, oh, I need I need that feedback so I can improve my coffee <laughs> coffee making style. I'm not gonna it, come over to your it place. Is a, and it is a privilege to be
0: made coffee by David Hoffman, let me tell you. <laughs> well that's true. I enjoy that privilege. <laughs> it's fantastic coffee. I'm back to my old like, you know, just drip pot coffee and uh, want pour I pour over in a paper filter inside of a Chemex? No, dude, I don't even do that. I'm just like turn push the button. Drip coffee? Push- I, I grind my beans at least i do that but then i just push the button yeah okay it's drip that's how it's, primitive i am so it's
1: pretty primitive bro yeah anyway, <laughs> so uh and when i'm going to the mountains this is my last weekly roll up for two weeks by the way so you and anthony are coming up okay yeah. is this
0: is this okay is this what you're bullish on by the way when we get to that right you, like, because no, you're oh, climbing three mountains three three mountains two mountains over the next
1: uh 10 days but the point why this is connects to coffee is i'm i'm bringing freshly ground coffee in my Aeropress. press yeah, you know, if if Bank Station, if you don't know what an AeroPress is, A-E-R-O oh, like, AeroPress, is Press, yeah. And so like yeah, I'm yeah. going to have my lovely coffee out at like
0: 12,000 feet up,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. So It um,
0: makes great coffee. It does. Like it in really fact, does. I think it's some of the best coffee I've had. Uh yours not with standing my friend. Mm-hmm. I, actually, can I just pull up this tweet because yeah. I saw this. This came uh-huh. up in my feed yesterday. 7 days until Baker's, 12 days until uh Rainier. Is did I say that right? Rainier. No, you did not. Rainier, yeah. Rainier. Uh, 32 days until Matterhorn. These are the mountains you're climbing? Yeah, uh-huh. What's yeah, this one?
1: That one's Rainier. That, okay, that one's special because I grew up in Seattle. And so I would, you can see that one from Seattle. And so I would look at that mountain like my almost God. every single day of my life. And now I
0: get to go climb it. And you're doing that, you're starting that next week, right? Yes.
1: Uh, tomorrow I leave for Seattle, going to go hang out with my nephew and family for five days, hang out with them for the fourth. And then Wednesday at 6.30 a.m., there's a gear check make sure i brought all the right gear so i don't die and then we go to baker. <gasps> wow, David. Yeah, I'm pretty Well, on I'm behalf of myself. I'm actually I, like, I I go to bed like lately lately and I'm like I'm kind of stressed.
0: <laughs> I'm sitting <laughs> I mean, in bed like, and I'm like, "Oh man, that's a lot of climbing." The first one looks <laughs> daunting to me and then they just get harder yeah bro look at, bro, it's so look at cool. that what is that are you that's saying that's the matterhorn like, that's not a very summit? good
1: picture of the mountain matterhorn but yes the the okay so baker and rainier is nice because if you like if you fall you just get back up and, like you just fall in snow on the matterhorn you know you can't fall okay <laughs> on behalf of the entire bankless nation just come back okay we'll come back. like just uh-huh. yeah, i, I pay sure money to make sh- to guides to make sure i come back <laughs> it's it's somebody's job to make sure i come back and it's not me <sighs> <laughs> wow that that is somewhat comforting you're
0: doing some training going into this too right? oh i've
1: dude i spent six and a half hours on the treadmill uh stair stepper last weekend that was, that was my weekend
0: all right all right well
1: be safe I be will. safe I what are you bullish on i'm bullish on frontier technologies uh, and so th- th- throwing it throwing it back to Zuzalu content if you don't watch any if you only watch one bit of Zuzalu content make it the intro and perhaps also the full interview of uh vitalik. With this guy right so here? like yeah i spend I, but i write like a there's like a video essay of me giving you the, the account of zuzalu the significance of it what it is and what my biggest takeaways so if you want to just like get these quickest tldr watch the vitalik interview or just the 10 minutes of like my video essay at the very beginning and that will give you everything that you need to know i was, like, I was listening to it because i hadn't uh listened to it in a while and i was like okay yes this came out the way that i wanted it to uh, and so I'm I'm just bullish on frontier technologies. What are frontier technologies? Like AI, longevity, decentralized science, synthetic biology, um, you know, public goods, ZK cryptography. And the the line that I give is like, Ethereum is the eldest, most mature sibling of a bunch of frontier technologies. It grew up sooner than the rest of them. AI mm-hmm. is now coming of age. These other frontier technologies are still trying to figure out how to stand up. So Ethereum is like the eldest sibling that's like alone in this room fighting with its parents, like the regulators, the the nation states. And it doesn't have any like other frontier technologies to support it because it's alone. But all of those frontier technologies like AI, uh, longevity, synthetic biology, network states, they're not they're also going to need support from their siblings because the incumbents aren't going to accept them and legitimize them. So well, we're... I
0: was reflecting on this too. It's like some of the, the challenges that we've seen in crypto. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at AI right now. Same thing. Um, regulators. Yep. What are you? What are regulators going to do? What is the right regulatory posture? And then there's also some critiques of, you know, the, the AI companies right now, the big ones, engaging in regulatory capture, right? And it's a problem crypto has as well. How do we make sure the big centralized service providers or banks don't completely own this thing. Regulatory capture. It's like a similar set of concerns. And, um, yeah, crypto has been on the forefront of that. So AI is, I guess, is going to face them as well.
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm bullish on frontier technologies. Ryan, what are you bullish
0: on? Uh, rollups, man. There's been like a rollup explosion. Um, I feel like in terms of infrastructure, we in cheap block space here. So we had the announcement of ZK Syncs, uh, ZK stack, of course. And it just seems like every roll-up has a has a strategy here. So ZK stack, OP stack, Polygon, Arbitrum. I'm just looking forward to a world when we have cheap bandwidth, transaction bandwidth, and anybody can spin up their own chain. This is kind of like the days of the internet where anybody could spin up their own blog or anybody could spin up their own server and host their own website. I think it's going to... Uh, unleash a massive wave of of innovation that um again we still need the apps we can't we can't see those yet but now we have cheap block space and uh i think we're gonna live in a world of of many many chains you know thousands tens of thousands of of chains i'm just excited about all of the work that's getting done in 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 the build market as we've called it you
1: know what i'm excited about what all of the layer two thesis that we didn't exactly become in as a a podcast, as like a media platform, wasn't accepted in 2021 because it was all about the alt layer ones. What is showing strength in the bear market? Layer twos, layer twos. And that to me is signal. If you can show strength in a bear market, what do you think you can do in a bull market? Uh, and so that's what, that's what gets me excited. And also, it's so
0: hard to get traction yes. in, in the bear market is what you're saying. I think the yes. communities that survive will thrive yes. in that's the next exactly right. bull cycle, which is happening when? Starting now? Uh,
1: we are in Schrodinger's market now. Okay. Next year is the bull market. It's scheduled. Go good book i scheduled there. it full it's circle not, it's on my calendar <laughs> it's on your calendar
0: no mountain climbing next year david <laughs> oh no i don't want to hear that <laughs> <laughs> yeah mountain climb during the bear
1: <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> all right ready for meme of the week yeah meme of the week what are we looking at here we go this isn't exactly meme, but this is funny i thought it was funny so okay so ryan was co-working <laughs> at my place in, in brooklyn and so he was over there just like in my my kitchen counter island thing and instead of like turning around and speaking to me <laughs> he
0: would just send me messages in discord you're <laughs> like hey what it's do you so think about this <laughs> it look it has the context you know you had your headphones in i didn't want to disrupt you that's how we always speak i'm not used to actually talking to you person <laughs> the, <laughs> the one, one time way. you can just turn around and like speak words. you're like not nah, discord bro <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the coffee though it was fun guys we'll end with this of course gotta let you know none of this has been financial advice. It never is on bankless. It's not even frontier technology advice. So David got gave us a lot of content mm-hmm. from Suzala this week. Crypto is risky. You could definitely lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot.